Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. challenges of being a couple is that you each have a built-in scapegoat when things aren't going well. And if pressed, we can all come up with a laundry list of things that annoy us about our partners. It's pretty easy to look outward for answers if there are difficulties. But there's a well-known phrase about what happens when we point a finger. The four pointing back at you just might be onto something. And the key to a happy marriage, or any relationship for that matter, is being aware of what we bring to it. And therein lies the rub. So life coach and author Beth Stefaniak is here to talk about this very important topic and what she learned about it from personal experience. So Beth, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you so much, Leslie, for having me. And, you know, it's so funny because, you know, I remember being a little kid and it's like, you know, pointing at my sisters and it's like, well, there are four fingers pointing back at you, you know, <laughs> oh, stop it. You know? <laughs> but but you know, I talk about this and I'm sure you do too, but, you know, that it's infuriating to have to look at ourselves, but that's where the power is really. Yeah, and yeah. So <laughs> It really is. I mean, we can we can play victim all day and and be miserable if we want. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd prefer to look at what I can control. Right, and 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 what people don't understand is the only thing we can control is ourselves. Right. Yeah. And you exactly. Me, I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> well, I know people are always trying to control everything else. It's like, yeah, how's that working for you? Yeah. Um, but you wrote a recent piece called What an Argument with My Husband Revealed About Me. And so I, the title of that was what grabbed me because I'm going, here's somebody who's on to something. Yeah. And you talked about a tendency that you had, and by the way, I'm going to tell you, you're not alone, to <laughs> assume the worst about your husband's behavior under certain circumstances. So can you talk a little bit about what made you realize that that was kind of part of the problem? Well, at the time, it was pretty obvious. Um, my my husband is um, one of those guys that wears his feelings on his sleeve, so um, he doesn't mind telling me uh, in no uncertain terms how he's feeling about what I'm doing. So, um, so he'll show his annoyance. He'll he'll tell me straight up. He doesn't just act annoyed. He tells me. Um, and on this occasion, he went a little bit further and he tried to correct me. Um, right there on the spot. We were in this public venue. Um, there were a lot of people milling around, and I felt like his tone was kind of parental. So then I turned it into an argument by defending myself. But, Which you know, is pretty I'm thinking, normal. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking he's the one starting the argument. But, but in reality, I could have just left it there and not defended myself, and it would have been, you know, something we could have talked about later. But, no, I had to kind of pull that that rope like in a tug of war back my way. So how did that, how did that lead to you assuming the worst about him? Um, well, if you've been married, and I know you have for a yeah. while, I've, I've been <laughs> married for 30 years. So, but I think even after that first six months to a year of being married, you kind of, 
learn each other's little um, subtleties that maybe other people overlook. You zero in on them. You've got this history. And so um, I sensed that, you know, something was going on. And, and the problem is it often triggers my own little um, wounds and baggage. And so I was often running, you know, trying to, to you know, kind of soothe him or whatever it was that I felt like was a myth. You know, I thought by bringing it up, I would be kind of calming things, but I ended up making it much worse. And, you know, and that's a really common thing because in our efforts to fix things, sometimes we do make it worse. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, and we can't understand why that is. It's like all I'm trying to do, and even... Yes, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving you describing the circumstances under which, you know, your husband brought this up, and it's like, okay, could you have picked a worse time or a worse <laughs> way to do this? Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that what he was trying to say wasn't valid, but right. that's one of the things I talk with people about is we bring things up when, in the moment when we're being bothered by them, and I will tell people that's almost the worst time to bring it up. <laughs> right, it is. But especially, you weren't actually even really in a place where you could address it productively. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think that was, um, you know, reflecting back on it, I see that we were both kind of trying to control each other or the situation. You know, he was trying to control what he assumed my heart and mind where where they were where my heart and mind was going and I was trying to control where I assumed his heart and mind had already gone you know so we were both guilty of of trying to make assumptions but most of all trying to control each other you know so anytime that's in the mix you know it's it for us anyway the makings of an argument and and I want to say this too real quick um on that article, somebody commented and said, you know, I think your husband was really the one in the wrong and, and you're playing the victim here. Um, and the reality is my husband did take responsibility for his part of it later, and we mm-hmm. kind of talked through this. My focus was on what part of this was my responsibility because, I, like you said just earlier, I can't change my husband, but I can change how I respond to him. So... Um, that was what I was trying to do with that, with that focus. Well, and it's really interesting that people will make comments like that, that it's like, oh, well, your husband or you or your wife or whoever, they were actually in the wrong when it's sort of, well, everybody's contributing to this. And there's, yeah. so, many, there's so many places that we actually have the opportunity to get off the superhighway that's headed to the argument. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. But it's becoming aware and going, okay, yeah, it is true that maybe my partner is not handling things well. Yeah. That actually may be a true statement. But then the question becomes, what do I do at that point in time? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was, you know, early on in my marriage. And I have a blog called Messy Marriage. And and that's what (laughs) it was. It was a very messy marriage. And it was messy because a lot of the time I was trying to fix my husband or correct my husband or tell him the right way to do things. And um, instead of really, you know, paying attention to what 
what my part was in any kind of conflict. And uh, it just really, it, it, it cripples you. It keeps you, like I said, a victim if you want to sit there and point your finger at somebody else instead of really taking responsibility for your part. And that's a really hard thing to do. I mean, I, yeah. it's almost, like I said before, it could be an aha moment of, oh, my gosh, I can change this. Not I can change them. Right. But I can change the situation because I get to do something different. Yes, yeah. And, yeah, and it, it's not just an arbitrary different. It's something purposeful. Um, you know, where you are taking personal responsibility. And there's so many endless ways that we can do that. Um, but people don't stop to, to think about that a lot of the time. They're, they're too distracted by what their mate's doing. Right. Or, like you said, and I thought this was a really important point, was that one of, one of the things that happened in the, in the interaction with your husband was he triggered some stuff in you. Yeah, yeah. And that is a critical thing to recognize. How were you able to recognize that? Um, I don't think I did at the time. (laughs) Um, In fact, um, this was just one series of arguments we had over this issue because we tried to talk about it I think a day or so later and it blew up and um, you know, it just was a, it was almost comical I mean now it, I can look back at it and laugh at it but, but at the time <laughs> yeah, it wasn't funny at the time no, I'm sure. it wasn't it was, it was very difficult and I didn't realize until I really uh, stopped to evaluate what I was thinking and feeling what I was trying to do um, looking at my husband. Uh, through his eyes, you know, and, and seeing what, how my actions, my words might have hit him. Those were all pieces of it that came together, but it didn't happen immediately. It took a lot of processing and thinking through and praying and, and you know, finally coming to some realizations and then talking to him and not just talking at him. It was, uh, we were very... Um, very uh, proactive, very purposeful about how we, we finally talk through it um, in, a, in a positive way where we both took responsibility. And that's a key component. And I like the fact that you talked about, and this is what happens with a lot of couples, is that they're either, there's something they can't quite seem to resolve. It keeps coming up and, and, they, and they try and they, yeah. it goes off the rails and they try again and it goes off the rails again. <laughs> and, you know, and, we, and then we start doing things in response to that. It's like, oh, yeah. that's, I don't, we don't want to go there because it never works, so let's just pretend it's not happening right, and then it explodes yeah. later. And, I mean, it's this vicious cycle. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. get into, and and it's it's difficult, and people think it's never going to get any better, but there are things that we can do. And you talked about it. You talked about you know, taking a step back and doing all those things, going internal. What's going on? What am I bringing? What's happening? Can I look at it through my partner's eyes? You know, because we yeah. do. We know. 
we we know what our position is. We feel we have you know a valid reason for feeling that way. Which, by the way, I tell people that whatever you feel is valid. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's completely accurate. Right. Um, yeah. But and we know what our motivation is, so we don't understand why is it that my partner is not you know <laughs> seeing the light, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so clear to us, you know. I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> why? Why can't you see it this way? It's perfectly clear. I mean, yeah. this is this is one of those things that I learned uh, several years back in in my practice. Was somebody came in, or several people had come in, and they would say, "Well, last time you said blah blah blah," and I would sit to myself, and it's like, "Oh no, that's what they took away from what I said." <laughs> and I realized it's like, well, I can understand how they interpreted that because in my head it was very clear what I meant, but. So right. it, at the time, it didn't occur to me that it could be interpreted a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, you know, so we're so, so we're so one-dimensional a lot of the time in how we think and don't see it from another angle. And that's especially true when we're in disagreement with, especially with somebody we care about. I think. Yeah, yeah, and our emotions are getting the best of us, and. And our amygdala is getting hijacked is one, one term I know a lot of counselors use. Um, and, you know, that's one thing that my husband for a lot of years resisted because, like I said, he wears his emotions on his sleeve and, and he's always wanting to deal with whatever conflict we have right there in the moment. And um, then there was all this brain um, research that they were finding out how your amygdala gets hijacked and, and you really don't have – uh, the ability to think rationally when your emotions are taken off and how you need to just kind of give it yourself time. Well, that was such good news to me because I had been trying to convince him we need to cool down before we try to, you know, work things out. So now he is much more receptive to saying, okay, let's, you know, go our separate ways for a, for a time, kind of mm-hmm. think through and pray through and, and then we can maybe talk, and, and if it kind of goes sideways, then we know we're not ready yet. We just need to give it a little more time and think through some more. So um, so that's been uh, kind of an interesting development in our relationship. <laughs> and I like to say, ain't science grand. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> this is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and my guest today is life coach and author Beth Stefaniak, and we are talking about the common but really damaging behavior where the worst is assumed about our partners. And if you find yourself doing this and are realizing it's problematic, I invite you to take a moment right now and reach out to me. You can give me a call at area code 919-924-0463. Or you can send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in Charlie.com. And take advantage of my free, no obligation, complimentary, break, create your happily ever after breakthrough session. Um, because 
I got to tell you, most of the time we can't do this on our own, although it does sound like, Beth, that you and your husband were able to figure out how to do this. Um, And so you also in this article talked about that you learned a couple of other things as a result of this argument, other than getting validation from the science that when our amygdalas get involved, all bets are off in terms of doing anything remotely productive. Right. So what were some of the other things that, ahas that you were able to take away from this argument? Um, well, the I guess one of the first things I noticed was that my upbringing and the wounds of my past was in the mix. I um, had a mother who, uh, bless her soul, she, she was uh, not the greatest at knowing how to motivate. She would use guilt instead of, mm. you know, encouragement or something like that. And so I would do things for her, um, and I was really kind of trained by her to to do things um, whenever someone guilted me. And so, uh, and I realize that's not a, a really good use of the word, but but it, that's how it feels. It feels like you're being guilted. And um, mm-hmm. my my um, husband, on the other hand, does not uh, do things unless he really wants to. And <laughs> I just don't get that, you know. So every time he does um, something, even it, and if he indicates any reluctance, then I'm feeling like I'm feeling guilty for imposing my will on him. And he wouldn't do it. You know, he might not be crazy about it, but he wouldn't do it if, wasn't you know, that wasn't what he wanted to do. So, so that was part of what was, that was one thing that was there um, in the mix for me. Um, and I'd say um, another thing was I probably wasn't um, taking my husband at his word. I was not trusting. It was sort. Of, this is kind of tied in with that guilt um, uh-huh. piece, where um, I didn't believe he was saying the truth to me, but yet he was saying the truth, and I needed to understand that he how he responds to situations is different than me, um, uh-huh. and really. Quite frankly, I, I need to trust the man. He's, he's not done anything. Um, he's never had an affair on me. He's, never, he's not a, a huge promise breaker. There are people, there are spouses that are that way, and it's much more difficult. But my husband did not, um, does not show that kind of um, response to me in situations. So taking him at his word. And uh, another thing, like I mentioned earlier, is just uh, learning to process and kind of remove myself from the heat of the moment, not feeling like I have to immediately address this with my husband, um, paying attention to what's going on. And, you know, I certainly could have waited to talk to him about it at another time when we were not in a public situation or right after um, I noticed that he was not doing something the way I thought he should be doing it. I could have waited. Um, were you going to say something? Well, that's, yeah, that's really funny um, because a lot of people feel like if we don't handle it right now, then I don't yeah. know what they think is going to happen. It's, but that is that, I, and I don't know whether it means that they are concerned about bringing it up later, but, it, you know, I have to do it right now. We have to solve this right yeah. now. And I tell people, no, 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 you want the best solution, not the fastest one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, a lot of the time I'm thinking, well, I'll forget about it, and I, mm-hmm. or I won't have the courage, and I've got the courage right now. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of times it's 
it's foolhardy courage, you know. It, <laughs> it's not it's not the best brand of courage to have. Yeah, it's it's the fight or flight courage caused by the amygdala, and yeah. I mean, and sometimes, and you made an interesting point because I actually, for me, that's a sign of whether or not I actually have to talk about something is if I forget about it. If, yeah. if I don't remember it the next day, then it probably wasn't as important as I yeah. thought it was in the moment. But if I'm yeah. still chewing on it later, okay, now I've got to figure out how we're going to bring this up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think most women, well, and I think men are, are guilty of this too, but, but I know for me I'll keep a checklist and I will forget about it, but then if my husband does something and I didn't address it or, or uh-huh. clear it up with him, it feels, it feels more, um, what's the word, it, feels, it just feels worse the next time around. Like, why didn't I, I approach this? Why didn't I talk to him about this? Well, and I do think that that's a really good place to go to say, well, why didn't I? Was it that it really didn't bother me at the time, or was it something else? Was I afraid to bring it up, and what reason? And going back to something that you said, which is so critically important, and by the way, this is not about blaming moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a good woman. (laughs) But... We we learn things growing up, and by the way, it's like anything else. We put our own spin on them, and as children, yeah. we don't have a whole lot of life experience to have any kind of, you know, to have really good context sometimes about those spins, and yeah. we continue. I mean, the last fight my husband and I had was when I thought he was... Um, questioning my competence, which struck it at a nerve that I had from the time I was growing up, and we were off to the races <laughs> yeah. because, yeah. I, believe me, my amygdala took over and just went crazy. <laughs> but So we have to be able to have that capacity to look at what did we bring. Does, does guilt, is guilt a part of it? Um, yeah. And you also said something else that's really important because you talked about the kind of person your husband is. And I think it's really important for us to step back and think about, okay, who is this person that I'm living with? What, what are their yeah. characteristics? Are they trustworthy? I mean, you know, yeah. so w- with me, I know my husband would never intentionally hurt me. So if I'm hurt and it's coming from him, he doesn't know something. It's not yeah. he's doing this on purpose. He, he's missing some really important information <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that I can provide for him. Yeah. But it's a very different way of looking at it than like when he triggered me, telling, you know, making me think I was incompetent. That that, I mean, he didn't make me think that. I, that's yeah. what I took away from the situation. Right. But you also talk about um, the benefit of doing something called an argument autopsy. And I yeah. love this concept. So, but what, what exactly is an argument autopsy and why does it work? Um, well, it's, you know, like I, uh, you mentioned, I'm a life coach. And so a lot of the time I deal with, especially wives who are having challenges in their marriages and they don't quite understand um, why they keep having the same arguments or, or even understand 
um, why they feel so strongly about whatever conflict they're having. And so I, I kind of guide them through uh, looking back and processing on what, uh, what they were thinking and feeling. And, you know, I have some, I have like a, a particular uh, structure for this that just starts out, you know, where they're thinking through what their conflict was about and writing out what that was. Um, feeling like they don't have to censor it. Um, they're writing these things down. It's not something their spouse is going to read or see. Um, mm -hmm. And then talking about uh, in that going, moving into what did they feel during that conflict? Because a lot of times we don't even stop to think about what um, what our emotions were about certain things, and uh, we might stay in that realm of thoughts and never move into. Uh, you know, exactly how did that make me feel. Um, and then, um, then we, I help them to think through uh, what part of this uh, do I have responsibility to change? What things can I do that would help me feel better, my spouse feel better, uh, help the situation? And so you kind of write out some of those things as well. Um, for me personally, I include a component of prayer in that and, and mm -hmm. seek God's help in kind of figuring out what, um, what part uh, he would like for me to do. So I get some, I feel like, some greater insight, not just from my own mind, but from, from what God reveals to me. So there's a lot of great ways to come at this. And I'm telling you, I, I will do this myself. I practice this myself. And... Um, and it's funny, like I said, my husband used to resist wanting to uh, wait to talk about it. But now that I stop and I do the, this, you know, argument autopsy and I, I think through, I pray through, process out my feelings, I'll come back and I'll be like a changed person. And he's like, I think I like this. <laughs> there's, there's somebody who can come to me with some solutions or that they can recognize. Because I do think, and you're saying something, and it goes back to the finger pointing and the built-in scapegoat that I was talking about earlier, that when somebody can come and say, you know what, here's what I contributed that, that sent us off course. Yes, that yes. just lowers. It's like, oh my gosh, it does. Yeah, it opens that door. You know, it's not. Well, you did this and you did that and you did the other, and it's like, right. no. Here's what I did, and I'm sorry. And then, of course, yeah. I tell people that I think the three hardest words in a marriage are not "I love you," but "I am sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. To be able to say, you know, here's where I got spun out, right? And here's what I'd, I'm going to try to do differently in the future. Yeah, yeah. I know as soon as my husband, you know, apologizes, my defenses immediately drop. And then I can, I, I feel safe and I can look at myself. And the same is true for when I do that for him. Mm -hmm. So it's just so powerful. And I don't, it, I think the thing that, keeps us from doing that is is our pride you know Definitely. And, and and our fear i guess depending on on how unsafe your relationship is but um in my case i feel like my my husband is a safe person when he's in his right mind so <laughs> uh, when he's when he's when his amygdala is hijacked he is not somebody i want to be around but you know that doesn't last forever so 
and I think that's probably true of most of us, and that's yeah. it's definitely true of me because I, I tell people I am mean, down in the mud, scratching, biting, nasty fighter. Right. So nobody wants that person. I don't want that person. Nobody else wants that person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And but you know, it's not necessarily something I'm proud of. It just happens to be something I'm, I'm aware of, and I have to really work to, okay, stop. And one of the things that you said, and I think it's really important about the autopsy, is getting at the root of what this was about. Because I tell people, um, you're not fighting about the dirty dishes in the sink. You may not like the dirty dishes in the sink, but that's not what's getting you to have yelling, screaming matches with each other. Right what those dishes in the sink represent. Yeah. And that's all we yeah. down at that deeper, you know, emotion. It's like, well, I don't feel respected or I feel like I'm being yeah. taken advantage of. Okay. And so we're not talking about the dishes. We're talking about I don't feel respected. Right. And I think that's one of the great things about conflict that, you know, people who avoid conflict never really experience is how much we can learn about ourselves and about our mates. And the more I can know myself and know my mate, the closer I can feel and the, and the more satisfaction I will have in that relationship. Yeah, and, it's, and, and I know that that's what you work with people on. That's what I work with people on. And, and for me, when I tell people, if you really want your partner to talk to you, if you really want to be able to resolve these, you have to create a safe space. You have to yeah. make it okay for them to tell you about their feelings. I mean, it's kind of cool that your husband is very much in touch with what he's feeling. And, you know, because a lot of men aren't because that's not necessarily yeah. a valued um aspect although it should be much more valued than it is and for a lot of for a lot of men it's not safe to admit that to admit what they're feeling and so to be able to create that space so that you can share what you're feeling and they can share what they're feeling I think is a is a wonderful thing and it sounds like this argument autopsy it helps people into that yeah yeah and help my own marriage um to go to a deeper level so so yeah I I don't I used to freak out when when arguments were erupting, and of course I didn't have this process, so I really wasn't learning anything about myself or my marriage. And so, you know, like you said, we keep going into the same arguments, and that's not to say that we don't still do that on occasion. But, but yeah, it's it's been a really incredible tool um, that has helped bring healing to my marriage. Well, and I think one of the things that I talk to my clients about, because there is no perfect marriage. I'm sorry, breaking it to you all all out there. There is no (laughs) such thing. Um, But what I talk about is getting it to 85 to 90% where it's good so that when we do have those arguments, when we do, when the tools escape us momentarily, we're the we have reserves so that we're not doing serious damage to the relationship. Right. Yeah. And and it's important and it's and you know, there's nothing wrong with us. Um, I mean, you know, we all learn how to drive a car, we all learn, you know yeah. how to do these things and so learning how to resolve differences, learning how to 
handle ourselves is things that people can learn. And so I know, Beth, that you teach this. So can you tell people where they can find you, learn more about the argument autopsy and all the things that that you've learned over the years? Yeah. um, I mentioned earlier I have a blog, MissyMarriage.com, and I also – uh, have a, uh, I'm a life coach, so I have a uh, worthytobehis.com, which is another um, site that I, I work out of. Um, and I just, uh, I have, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, um, I'm even on Instagram. So any of those places, you can find different things from me. But mostly, mostly messymarriage.com is where I, I, a lot of my content, a lot of my resources are. In fact, I just recently added a more than 35-piece um, resource uh, library that's available to my subscribers. So um, I'm trying to improve on on what I provide for, for my readers. Terrific. I'm right there with you. So what I want people to understand is that all couples, even the ones you think are picture perfect, have disagreements. But how they're handled will determine if they turn into arguments and do damage to the relationship. The more negative the interactions there are, the greater the damage. So the good news, as you've been hearing today, is that you have the power to limit that damage. But like with many things, it starts with you. So. Figure out what gets in your way of the willingness to learn about yourself. Hopefully you'll keep listening to the show. And until next week, stay loving. 